Welcome to What I Would Have Missed. I'm Julie Rocco and I'm your host. What I Would Have Missed is being launched as a platform for individuals affected by suicide attempt and ideation to reflect on moments and memories we would have missed if our lives ended. My wish is that our stories will offer hope to those who are hurting and be a reminder to those who are healing that happiness is possible. Collectively, we are a light at the end of the tunnel. May this be a lighthouse for you. I'd like to welcome Angie Hawkins, a suicide attempt survivor, to what I would have missed. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having me. Sure. And we've had the opportunity to talk about what I would have missed and the intention that we hope to bring about to our listeners. And I'm wondering, as you and I talked today, what is it today in this moment that you would have missed? So I, in thinking about that, I was journaling over the weekend at the beach and I actually wrote a huge list of things. And I was like, okay, I can't talk about all of these. So I narrowed them down to what I felt were the most important in terms of bigger things and even in terms of just day-to-day things that impact my life. So one of the bigger things is that I wrote and published a book that actually came as a result of my suicide attempt because after I got out of the hospital, well, actually, even before the attempt, there was a period of two years where I wanted to write a book, but I didn't want to put myself out there. I was just in this wishy-washy thinking of like, I didn't even know what I wanted to write about because I really didn't want to write about myself. So it's just something that one day, maybe I'll do this, but I never really had any solid plans to do. And when I got out of the hospital, I called one of my friends because she had been texting me and I hadn't been responding. So I had to call her to let her know what happened so that she wouldn't be worried about me. And I told her what happened. And the last thing I said was, I can't believe that I survived. And her response was, it's not your time. That gave me chills. And I was like, okay, I'm here for a purpose. What's my purpose? And especially for six months after my attempt, like you're just in a really fragile state. So I really needed a purpose. I needed something to get going. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to write my book and it's going to be about me and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm putting everything out there. So I wrote and published a book. It's a story that covers about five years. It does include the suicide attempt. And the reason I wrote it is because it's totally raw and vulnerable, not because I like putting myself out there, but it's because in real life and especially in social media, we are all very filtered and edited and wearing our happy face mask. So it's my attempt to connect through vulnerability and, you know, be authentic, basically talking about it. So let's start talking about it. And I think we can all heal from each other's experiences. And you had mentioned, thank you so much. <laughs> you, you had mentioned even little things you journaled about in your list of even those moments that you would have missed that you reflected on over the weekend while at the beach. What, what are those small things that you, when you reflect on, wow, I would not have had this experience. One of those things is surfing. I did not learn. I've lived here for four years now. I did not learn to surf until COVID because basically 
it was the only thing to do because the state didn't have jurisdiction to close the ocean, whereas like beaches, the parks and hikes and everything else were closed. So it was really the only way to be outdoors. And I'm originally from Chicago, so I'm a city person. Even living here, I wasn't really into the ocean, but it was more out of sheer desperation that I learned how to surf. And for a long time, I was just doing it because it was the only thing to do, not necessarily because I enjoyed it. But over time, not only did I learn to enjoy surfing, but I love the ocean. It's like so healing for me. And I've really connected to a lot of cool people that I see in the water every day. And surfing has literally become my therapy. And wow, I really, I would have missed out on this if I you know, would have ended it all two years ago. Cause that like the last two years has been the majority of my surfing progression. Oh, wow. And you, you mentioned here, do you want to tell people where the here is? Oh yes. I live in Hawaii. <laughs> so I know like nice. surfing is not a day-to-day thing everywhere. It is unique to Hawaii. Cause obviously in Chicago, I was not surfing, but you know, it could apply to, I think everybody has that thing that lights them up, whether it's a hobby or a sport or whatever that they do. So it's not, oh, you have to move to Hawaii and enjoy surfing and be in the ocean. It's like whatever that thing is for you that lights you up. And maybe you just haven't discovered it yet. Like I hadn't. Wow. That's powerful. So I'm wondering if you mind taking a journey and reflecting back on When you were in that dark time, when you had made the choice that you wanted to end your life, what were you experiencing? What was happening? What led up to that? What were those circumstances for you? So overall, in that moment, all I remember feeling was the only way I can think to describe it. it, It's not even like substantial enough in words, but it was just the sheer hopelessness because It's a much longer story because I think all of us develop trauma in childhood. So I, of course, had that. But I had just been handed a lot of shit in like a three and a half year time span. So, for instance, um, even even before that three and a half years, I was in a really long term toxic relationship. And anyone who's been in that kind of relationship knows the toll that it takes on your mental health. So I was already in a compromised mental health position and that relationship ended, which was devastating. And then my dad died, which added to the grief through all these things. I'm, you know, like I put my soldier face on and okay, I'm going to get through this and making changes to my life. One of those changes was moving from Chicago to Hawaii, which I know on the surface sounds amazing. Hey, you're living in paradise now, but there were a lot of challenges that came along with that. So one of the things was when I first moved here, I bought a condo because that was a commitment to myself that I'm committed to the decision. I'm staying. A lot of people who move here, they can't handle the lifestyle. So they only stay for about a year and leave. And I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm going to put down roots. So I bought a condo, which is obviously stressful buying a home in general, but buying a home in a brand new place. So I bought it within the first month and a half that I lived here. And then a month after closing, my entire condo flooded because a building, a shared pipe in the building backflowed into my bathroom sink and I wasn't home. So the whole place flooded. So that is obviously very traumatic. In isolation, being in a new place, I didn't really know anyone. So I had to go through that on my own. It was really hard for me to make friends when I first moved here. And coming from Chicago, I would make friends everywhere. I made friends at the gym, at yoga, even places like Trader Joe's. But here, it just wasn't that kind of community. So I wasn't making friends very easily. Mm -hmm. And then when I did start making friends, I had this really good friend. And 
he quickly became very toxic for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And like, he was my only really good friend. And I had them make the decision to let go of that friendship, which is hard to do when you already don't have a lot of friends to begin with. And then there was just a whole string of things. My grandma died. I had another issue with another friend. I had some not so great travel experiences. And then we come to 2020 and then there was COVID. So that brings a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. And on top of that, I fell in love during COVID and that ended very abruptly in betrayal and abandonment and I would say that was the straw that broke the camel's back when I was betrayed and abandoned by someone I loved and who I thought loved me. And again, through this three and a half years of experiences, the entire time I'm like, I can do this. I got this. And I, I was actually doing the inner work on myself, but it just got to the point where nothing is, nothing's ever going to get better. I keep fighting it and I'm exhausted and I can't do it anymore. So it was just the sheer hopelessness. I didn't think anyone thing would ever get better. And I didn't think I had the capacity to handle whatever that was in the future. Thank you for sharing that. And so life has gotten better. Yes. That's the, that's the beauty of your journey that I'm so grateful you're sharing with, with us today. And so when you think about that moment where you did not believe life was going to get better, that it was just going to keep handing you over and over challenges that you were not able to fully equip yourself with, what, what made the difference for you? What has your journey of hope, healing, and happiness been like from that moment? Was there a point in your time, whether it was in, in the hospital or after, that you said, in this moment, my journey of hope, healing, and happiness occurs? Or was it incremental? Or what's that experience like to, to be at where you're at now today? That's a good question because my healing hasn't been all rainbow and unicorn and sunshine. And I think anyone who's been through a healing journey knows that. Yes. Um, but when I got out of the hospital, I was like, you know what, I've been, I have been, you know, soldiering through things on my own, but I realized that was the key problem. I was doing it on my own. So I was like, I need help. And I had done traditional therapy before. It doesn't work for me. It's just, just talking about things isn't useful for me. So what I ended up doing is hiring a personal coach and that changed my life. We did like the shadow work. We did the healing work. I actually still work with him to this day. We don't meet as much as we used to, but he's been so instrumental to my healing process. I don't think I can let that go, but it wasn't always easy. Again, anyone who's been on the healing journey, basically there are times you, you don't feel good. There were times I would say I felt worse than I did in that moment of sheer hopelessness, but the difference was I had better tools to handle things. And another big part of the healing journey, as I'm sure you know, is learned not to repress or you know ignore my feelings. I would actually feel them. And that's why you don't feel so good all the time because you're actually feeling through your feelings, but that's how you get through to the other side. So I would see these glimpses of hope and happiness. I knew I was doing it for something. Whereas in that moment, I saw no light at the end of the tunnel because I'm in the space now where I do feel happy most of the time where in the beginning it was like, I would just see those glimpses and it's like, okay, that's what I'm striving for. Whereas now it's like, okay, I made it. And that's why I had to go through the darkness of the healing. Yeah. And I think to your point, it is an ebb and flow of emotions, of trial and error, of what does work for you 
what helped you become persistent and persevere to find that tool that you said works for you, picking up something, putting it down, picking up something else. And what, what helped you keep reaching for that? I think it was a combination of, first of all, I'm just very self-determined person. So it's just like a natural trait, but also I just happened to be I don't know if fortunate's the right word because I had tried traditional therapy before. I knew that didn't work for me. I happened to know that hiring a personal coach was the way to go. And again, just having that knowledge, I cannot do this on my own, which I think I struggle with this. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. I, I like to be independent. I don't like asking for help, but it's like when you're at rock bottom, you have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose by asking someone to help me. Right. And I'm wondering, we talked about what you would have missed. You've captured some of those moments that are now memories for you and continue to be part of the integration of your daily life, whether it's surfing, whether it's your coach, the different opportunities you're pursuing. What is it that you would have missed that you're looking forward to in your future? What does your future hold that now you have the ability, you talked about glimpses of seeing light and seeing this. What are those glimpses of your future that you were excited to explore and, and meet and greet? You're going to meet and greet your future. You would have missed that meet and greet <laughs> of, of the Angie of tomorrow. Um, I don't have it all specifically planned out, but I think what I'm looking forward to the most in the future is the connections that I'm going to make. Because again, even in writing the book, I've made a lot of really cool connections with other writers. You know, the book market is really competitive because there's millions of books on the market. You, you really don't make a lot of money, but authors are so generous with each other with like, here's some information, here's a tip. So I found a really cool community of people there through surfing. I found a really cool community of the other things that I would have missed. I've made some really cool friends who have opened me up to other experiences and really cool conversations. I think through marketing my book even more, I'll make even better connections. I hope I haven't really been traveling much since COVID, but you were telling me about how your trip and you hope to make connections. I hope to do more travel experiences like that as well. So I think it's just more about the people that I will meet along the way. What does tomorrow look like for you? Literally, what, (laughs) when you, I don't know if you're, you set the alarm, actually, I was going to say, when you set the alarm, maybe you, you're a natural waker upper, but when you wake up tomorrow, what does the day look like for you that you would have missed? So I, I do have to set an alarm because my job is based out of Chicago. So living in Hawaii, I wake up at 4 a.m. and (laughs) Well, and that's another thing that I would have missed. So mid last year, I got a raise and promotion at work. So I've been really growing and developing in my career and through my inner work, I've just gained a lot more confidence at work. Cause again, I work in it. It's very alpha male dominated. As a woman, you really have to step up to be seen and heard. And I surprise myself sometimes of how confident I am on conference calls or like as I'm doing things. So, so I will be working tomorrow. And that's another thing I would have missed is just like uphold in my career and being part of this new team. And then I usually take a break around maybe like 11 or noon. And then I go surfing or run whenever errands I need to do. And then I usually come back and work for a little bit more. And then I market the book or do whatever I need to do on the book. So everything I do in my day-to-day life are things that I would have missed between work and the surfing and the book. And again, all the interactions that I have, most of the interactions I have are with people that I 
have met within the past few years. Wow. And so if someone is listening today that is giving thought to suicide as an option, what do you want that person to know? Oh, there's so many things. Well, first of all, like if you're in the immediate thought, I definitely recommend talking to a trusted person, even if it's the suicide hotline. Hopefully you have someone safe that you can talk to, whether it's a friend or family. And the reason I say that is because one of my problems is I was always stuck in my own head. And when you're in your feels and you're in those ruminating thoughts, you can't get yourself out. You need someone else to pull you out of that. Again, asking for help. So if you're in your feels and in that moment, ask for help. There's again, like, I think we all struggle with asking for help, but there's no shame in asking for help. Long-term solutions. I think the answer is very similar. I think everyone should have a trusted friend or family member that they can talk to. I do now. And I also have a personal coach. I think working with someone else really brought some things to light that I needed to work on. And in addition to the comment on having someone safe to talk to, just in general, surrounding yourself with good and safe people, because one of the things I've noticed in the past few years is I didn't notice how damaging some people were to my self-esteem and self-worth. And I'm not calling those people malicious. I'm not saying they were doing it on purpose, but sometimes you're around people who are unintentionally bringing you down and adding to your negative mental health. And I didn't understand how critical it was to surround yourself with supporting and loving people until now, because now that I, and I hate to use this word, I've cleaned up the people I surround myself with and my mental health is the best that it's been in my entire life. So I just want to stress how important that is. And it does suck to cut off some connections, but I cannot stress the long-term benefits that that will have for people. So I really want to stress that to people. And I'd ask you to share a quote or a poem or so anything that was meaningful to you that when you are needing inspiration outside of yourself or you're needing to find hope that brings you to that next step, that next breath, that next opportunity. Do you have something that you go to that offers that level of inspiration in your life? I don't. So you had asked that and I did come up with a few and we were talking about social media before yeah. we officially started recording. Mm -hmm. I use Instagram. You have to be careful because there are toxic things on social media, but I like to find, I find just miscellaneous and because of the algorithm, like it'll start showing me like just different inspirational quotes or whatever. But I saw one the other day that really hit home and it was something along the lines, like when you think it's the end, that's the beginning. And I think people like me, especially like I tend to like you, when something bad happens, like you think it's like the end of the world, like I can't make it through this, but it's like, what if this is the beginning of my new life? Because that's exactly what happened to me. Like I was like at rock bottom. I thought it was the end. It could have been the end, but it was actually like the beginning of my new life. And it was just like, and just to think that I had such little respect for myself that I didn't even care about this new beginning. And that's why I'm getting so emotional because it's like, I love my life so much. It's why would I take this away from myself now? So I think we just need to pull ourselves out of the dark moments. And again, for me, it took professional help. So if it takes reading quotes or a book or whatever it takes for anyone else. And again, I, I'm heavily like advocating surround yourself with supportive, loving people because I cannot tell you how much that has helped me. And so as we begin to wrap up, 
I'm wondering, is there anything more that you want to share about your journey and what you would have missed or what you're looking forward to or any other words of thoughts that you would want to express to anybody that's listening? Just that, because I think a lot of your listeners are going to be people who have had rough lives and going back to social media, that's not something that's reflected on social media. People are going on vacation and dancing and doing all these wonderful things. And then we compare ourselves to those people. So I, again, Julie, like I was telling you this before, like, I think it's great what you're doing for people because we all go through shitty things. If you're going through something shitty, there are resources for support for you, whether it's listening to this, where it's reaching out to a trusted friend, there's probably resources that I'm not even aware of, but there are people who love you and want to help you. So don't deny yourself of that opportunity. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you on what I would have missed. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And I didn't know, I wanted to give you the opportunity. You mentioned several times through this about, wow, life after your attempted suicide, you've become an author. How cool is that? And I just wanted to know, do you want to share anything about your book or where people could find your book? And just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, thank you. So the book is called Running in Slippers. Right now it's available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. Future project is to do an audiobook that's not available right now. The story goes into de- detail on the attempt and everything leading up to it, but it also covers some of my healing journey. I do think there will be another book in the future because I think there's a lot more story in the healing journey. But again, I wrote the book because it's totally raw and totally vulnerable, not because I want to put myself out there, but because I think we all need to start talking about the things that happen to us because there's healing in that. And it's my attempt to inspire connection through vulnerability. I know that I plan to read it. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I want to close out this podcast encouraging anyone who is hurting and considering harming yourself. Please call 988 It is the National Suicide Hotline number. Again, that's 988. I also want to encourage you to load 988 into your phones. The research suggests that this one simple act of loading the telephone number in your phone now can save a life. If you are interested in being a podcast guest, please reach out via the website at whatiwouldhavemissed.com or you can email me directly at whatiwouldhavemissed111 at gmail.com. You may also use these forms of communication if you would like to sponsor this podcast. I'm going to close out this podcast with my son Nick's music. The music that I have accompanying this podcast was created by him. I would have missed the creativity of his music. And I'm grateful and happy to share it with you now.